Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I'm interviewing transformational coach, sacred depths, shadow worker, and priestess, Shamet Horsfield. And I specifically chose this beautiful soul to interview on this podcast topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while now, and I've just been waiting for the right person. And Shamet is definitely the perfect person for it. If you listen to this podcast episode, she opens up a little bit about the challenges she went through in her childhood and a lot of darkness and trauma through her family home and growing up. And it's just so fascinating to know her today as such a bubbly, happy, bright, joyful person. And she explains to us how she got there. So her and I talk about the shadow what is the shadow? How do we know if we still have shadow work left to do? How it is imperative to do shadow work in order to truly heal and transform? How we begin to do our own shadow work without getting stuck in the darkness or negatively affecting those around us and so much more. You can find Shamet's work online at shamethorsefield.com or awakenthepriestess.com. I will put those links in the show notes and you can also get in touch with her on Facebook. You can also watch this podcast interview on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash elevate your soul podcast. I hope you guys can really learn something and take something from this podcast episode. I know I did. I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, Shamet. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. I love it. First question I have for you is what elevates your soul? Oh, what elevates my soul is good energy, growth, transformation, um, awareness, awakening consciousness, um, and amazingly, um, I love snow, which I never thought I would. When I came to Sweden, I thought I was going to hate the cold and the snow and the ice and the ice crystals and everything being white, like yeah. totally elevated my soul. It was amazing. It was like a spiritual high. It was, yeah, yeah it really, really, um, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I love that. You're like a little snow queen or like a snow fairy. I love it. <laughs> I love that I love too. It. After a good snowstorm where like everything's white. It's, it, it literally is magic. It's so it really is. And when you look at the, the crystals that form, they're like little crystals, like other worlds, like really mystical and magical and yeah. very purifying. Yeah. It was really elevating. I love it. Yeah. Can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your background story before we dive into shadow work and what is shadow work? Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so I chose, my soul chose to be born into a family that had a lot of shadow and a lot of grief and pain, suffering, like a huge amount. I won't go into all of the details because that would just take the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Part one and part yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
you know, by the time that I was nine years old, I had watched my, you know, mother be beaten by my father. My father almost tried to commit suicide and they went through a really horrible divorce. And then my stepdad wasn't much better. So there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of suffering. Just for an example, like one Christmas, my I, my sister and I watched the Christmas tree be thrown out the window three times, out the window, out the door, and then it was duct taped back together for Christmas Day, you know, and that like, that was my childhood. <laughs> it was, it was one that um, was very painful um, to watch, you know, when I became a preteen, I never wanted to get married. I didn't want children. No way in hell was I going to do that. Like yeah. it was, you know, my mom was an alcoholic. My stepdad was a functioning heroin addict <laughs> as much as you can, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it was, um, full of pain, full of suffering and grief and sorrow and unhappiness. Um, I mean, not always, but the majority was, it was really hard to watch. But I was not the normal, usual little girl either because I could see into shadow. I could see into what was going on deeply. And I always felt this feeling like I was from somewhere else. Um, I was from another planet. And that these people, my family, were just a, like a temporary family that I chose, but they weren't my real family. So when I was about, oh, how old was I? 12, they took us to an Egyptian exhibit, King Tut's tomb exhibit. And I just cried and cried and cried because I felt like they were my real family. Aww. And I saw some of the jewelry and I was like, that's my jewelry. Like, and I knew, I was like, I'm, a, I'm an Egyptian queen. Like, I'm from another planet. Like, why am I here? And then I became really, uh, like, homesick. And I wanted to go home. And I remember, you know, my family was peaceful and kind. And we communicated through telepathy. And, like, I saw my first demon when I was nine, you know, so I could see. And I saw ghosts. And I could yeah. astral travel when I was, like, seven. So... But I didn't know like what the words were to describe any of that. I just, that was like just my experience. I thought everyone had that experience. Mm. And then when I got older, I realized that actually I was quite, you know, unusual, which made me feel even kind of like more um, uh, with, I would withdraw away from people because I was really misunderstood. And you know, generally what I found when I was little is people don't like that you see into their shadow. Yeah. So, yeah, so I had lots of um, interesting experiences where like my stepdad hated me um, because I could just see into him and he did not like that I could see into him. And so it was, yeah, it was, um, it was a really hard childhood. Um, and could you give us an example of looking into someone's shadow if someone might be irritated by it like just a because i'm trying to wrap my head around it too like what would that look like for an example if you see someone's shadow and then they get like triggered or irritated by it oh he'd just be really mean to me and and really um uh like cut me down 
you know, make fun of me. Oh, you're sensitive. You're so sensitive. Something's wrong with you. So that kind of thing, like throwing it back as something is wrong with me. Yeah. So I did. I thought I was too sensitive. There was something wrong that I didn't belong, that I wasn't like everyone else. And so I became very kind of isolated in within withdrawn in my own self. Yeah. Um, but I really started to find myself when I watched Wonder Woman. Like, I know that sounds silly, like the old school Wonder Woman with Linda Carter. Yeah. And I just, I remember being, I was like nine, I think. And I just cried. I was like, oh my God, that's who I am. I'm an Amazonian goddess from another planet where we all got along and there was this sacred sisterhood. And, and I just, I so identified with Wonder Woman. I was like, that's exactly me. I've come here to help the world become a better place. And, and so I, you know, started to find myself like in Wonder Woman and then Superman with the superhero cave and, you know, and I was like, okay, I really am from somewhere else. And for some reason I've chosen this family yeah. And, you know, it wasn't until much later that I realized why I've chosen that family. And I chose that family to learn about humanity, to learn about, you know, compassion, empathy, um, kindness, and about the human shadow and how grief and anger and sadness and uh, all those unresolved human emotions if they're not dealt with what they can turn into and what they can exhibit as. And so, you know, as a kid, of course, I felt, I just want to go home, you know, where it's light and love and peace and, you know, but I definitely chose my family to learn, you know, all the necessary um, learnings of the shadow and how that can play up and play out. So you're, The other part of your question was, how did I become the fairy? Was it the fairy goddess? Oh, yeah, the snow fairy in the beginning that I asked about. Oh, no, that I didn't ask. I was just saying you're you're like a little snow fairy. Yeah. You love the forest. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch upon that, though, because it's a really important piece of who I am. And, and I, I grappled with, do I share this story? Do I not share this story? And I decided I'm just going to be in full transparency. I mean, I know you love that. So yes. I'm just going to go I'm for a, it. I'm a fairy mermaid myself. <laughs> and I identify as a fairy mermaid and people question me on that. So, and I've been interviewed on podcasts too. And they're like, so what is a fairy mermaid? So you can go for it. Dive into it, please. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Yeah. It, it's actually very relevant and really important. Um, but it is like very vulnerable. (laughs) So, you know, kids, they, they cope with things differently. And so my way of coping with the family that I had was I became the overachiever. Um, like I got on a roll. No one made me do my homework. My parents did not even help me with my homework, but I wanted to succeed. I didn't want to be anything like them. So I became an overachiever. I still am. Um, there's worse things. It's okay. But I had on a roll. I graduated school year early. Like I was a goody two shoe. Like I went to church three times a week and like, I wasn't going to have sex till I was 18, which I didn't until I was 18. So, you know, I was the really like, I'm going to do good. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do drugs where my sister went the opposite. 
Like she started doing heroin with my stepdad and she started drinking and she started having sex at I think 12 or 13. So she, we did a divergent path and she went one way and I went the other way. And we hadn't seen each other, I think for like two or three years. I'm, I ran away at 15 and lived with my aunt and uncle and my best friend and my grandmother for a little while. And my sister chose to stay with my mom. And so we hadn't seen each other for a really long time. And I went to visit. I felt like it was Thanksgiving. I needed to see my family. It had been a really long time. And so, you know, she was living in a different realm. Like she was all Gothic and her boyfriend was all Gothic. And, and, you know, I wanted to connect with her. I really wanted to find a connection. So she took me to this party and um, she offered me acid and I didn't even know what it was. Like I had no idea what I had said yes to. Yeah. So I did the tab of acid and I had a really bad trip and it was Thanksgiving. I was at Thanksgiving dinner with my whole family. The whole family turned into vampires and werewolves and her boyfriend turned into Satan and they really played it up too. They were playing that he was Satan. They were horrible. And I was so scared. I was so scared that I went into the bathroom and locked myself in the bathroom. And I really contemplated suicide. Like I, I just, like I wanted out of there. Like, what is this all about? What is it all for? Like I was just crying and crying and crying. And they were like trying to beat the door in. And I was just like, get away. Like I was just, like terrified, like totally terrified. And then I looked into the mirror and I'm not sure why I looked into the mirror, but I did. And then I turned into the little green fairy. Like I was sparkly and happy and like I met my eyes and um, I was a fairy, like a fairy goddess and full of love and peace and tranquility and happiness and this fairy you know which was me a reflection of me started to speak to me and and she told me that i was indeed from another planet i've come here to help change the world and just downloaded like all this stuff that you did choose your family and that yeah and that that vampires and werewolves are not bad they're just learning they're just disconnected from love that they're disconnected from their higher self and that they need help and to love them that they know not what they do and to have compassion and empathy and kindness for all the werewolves and vampires on the planet and indeed you know maybe i am you know i am part of a family of vampires and werewolves but that's okay because we're all learning how to love each other and bring more light and bring more love and that i'm you know that i'm this fairy goddess um and yeah and just like total like I was in there for I don't know how long hours like downloading like and you know years later I mean it saved my life like it totally saved my life like I found myself um, really deeply found who I am and connected with her my own self-love and the integrity of of my soul you know like re-entered my body which was amazing and my heart opened and I had so much more love for my family after that too. I was still scared, but um, I had a lot more love. And later, like many years later, I had a therapist and I opened up because I was actually really afraid to tell anyone about that for a long time, like that people would probably think I'm crazy. 
and or that had some sort of break or something. I don't know. I had a lot of shame around it for a long time. And I had a counselor therapist in my 20s. And I op finally opened up and told her. And she was a traditional therapist, you know, not a psychic or clairvoyant or anything. And she looked me deep into my eyes and she said, Shemette, that is part of who you are. You are the little green fairy. <laughs> she says, I know you quite well now. And that saved your life. That was you. And really honor that. And it wasn't just an acid trip. Like you really met yourself. Yeah. And that really showed you the energetics of your family as well and the things that you've gone through and she says and i love i love what came through with the analogy of vampires and werewolves just being disconnected from their love and their connection to source you know because i mean what is a vampire but getting the energy from someone else when actually when they get redirected and know that they can get energy from source and from their heart and their own you know that can totally transform a person so Vampires are not to be feared of. They just need to be taught about love yeah. and compassion and kindness and reconnected. So I'm, it's just yeah. literally someone that's in their shadow, right? Living out their shadow. I love that. So, I love how you like see the world as like there's there's the goddesses and the fairies and the vampire and the werewolves. And those, I'm guessing, obviously, you can see that those can, people can transition as well. It's not like you're born as a vampire and you will always be that, right? Like you can change into something else, but I love how you see vampires. It's not like the typical, like they're going to suck your blood. Like they're going to drain your energy and suck your energy. That's so, yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all energetics. Yeah. It's not literal, <laughs> you know, all these fairy tales and tales are, are, you know, in my opinion, uh, not literal, they're metaphorical, you know, and it's to describe, the energetics of the spiritual development and growth of where we are. And I mean, sometimes it takes lifetimes yeah. and the growth too, you know? Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. And when you said as well, you mentioned a couple of times how you chose your family and you chose them for a reason so that you could learn. I had a conversation with a friend recently about, um, everything happens for a reason, right? And they're like, oh, well, um, does it still happen? Does everything happen for a reason if someone's born into a family with an abusive parent, for example? So I feel like you're the perfect person to like answer this question because you've been through that. What do you mean when you say for people who don't understand you, when you say you chose this family, like, and for other people who have gone through really traumatic things in their childhood. How can you explain to them that a soul actually chooses their mom and their dad specifically and their siblings to learn what they need to on earth? Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess the, the spiritual journey is a very personal journey. And so I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that I chose my family, but you know, I don't want to put a blanket rule that that's just the way it is either because we all have different spiritual paths and perceptions and journeys. And like, I never want to say I know and you don't know kind of thing, but it is my belief. And, but that's a really big one for a lot of people to swallow because then it's like, oh, and 
this goes into what I was thinking I wanted to touch on about the law of attraction work. You know, law of attraction work, it's like cause and effect. And so then people think, oh, if I have this horrible childhood, then maybe I was a horrible person in a past life and I deserve this. And now I'm, you know, making like retribution for all the past deeds that I did wrong. Wow. And I don't think it's like that. Like, I don't, I don't believe that it's black and white. I don't believe it's like a persecutor, you know, and, and like all of that. I think, I feel it's much more comp complex than that. Yeah. And it can just literally be, cause I went through this myself when I was working, doing a lot of law of attraction work and then some really bad things happened to me and I was doing so many good things. And I was like, what have I done to deserve this? And I got really upset about like, wow. what have I done wrong? Maybe it was a past life thing that I did wrong of why I'm deserving this now. And, and then a spiritual teacher actually said to me, Shemet, it's nothing that you've done wrong. Your soul just chose to learn this particular lesson. And, you know, and I was like, oh, oh, that's an interesting way of seeing it. Yeah. And well, I think that, you know, is a big one. So, you know, like if your dad has died and you were mad at him when he died, it's not your fault. You didn't make it happen. Like, I think people get, they turn it in and on themselves. Yeah. And I, I feel like a, that's a lot of the reason why the spiritual community is so unhealthy and sick right now too, is the misunderstanding about how it all actually works. And so I think that my, my, my personal feeling is that my soul chose the family that I have in order to learn more compassion, more kindness, more empathy, um, because my sole purpose is to help people heal their shadow and to come into more love. And by us, you know, coming into more love, then this is what's going to create the new paradigm, like the, yeah. the new earth, the new paradigm. It's yeah. all about love and love is not judgmental. It's discerning, but it's not judgmental. And there's a lot of judgment in the spiritual community um, that creates hypocrisy. Mm. You know, and if we can just learn to be more understanding and more kind and more compassionate. And actually, you know, my mom has taught me that so much. Like she's been my biggest teacher. Yeah. And you know, she was 15 when she had me, you know, um, she had a really hard childhood too. And she just really did the best that she could with the skills and tools that she had. And now, you know, um, she's recovered and she's had uh, over 16 years of sobriety. I've lost count of how, much, how many years of sobriety and she's a drug and alcohol counselor and she's helping a lot of people. Wow. Um, she, you know, she had to be in her own shadow in order to learn the tools that could then help other people. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's not about good or bad or right or wrong. It's just about aligned learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I, I'm thinking back as well. Like a lot of pretty much everyone in my family, including me, we learned the most and we grew the most from our quote unquote, like negative experience, like the challenges in life, right? Through losing some we someone we loved, or for me, 
a really toxic relationship like that I'm so grateful for. <laughs> you know, when I tell people about it, like, oh, he treated me like this and this is what happened. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, no, that was actually my biggest teacher in life as well. Um, yeah, I learned so much. Yeah, we don't we don't learn from sitting on a tropical island drinking pina coladas, right? <laughs> like it's when all like when the shit hits the fan, yeah. that's when you know things get real and, and things get authentic, and, and we learn the resilience and the tools. And you know, I'm very grateful for everything that's happened to me—the good, the bad, the ugly, the uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> it's all like there to teach us and grow us and grow our spirit. Yeah, I love that. So for those who don't know, what is shadow work and also why is it important? Yeah, I love this question so much. <laughs> um, I feel that it's absolutely imperative shadow work, you know, and I've actually been tossing up, you know, cause on my bio, I'm, I have that I'm a light worker and I've actually been tossing up, maybe I should put shadow worker. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know, because it, you know, oh boy, I could really talk a long time on this. So I'll try to make it short, but my feeling, you know, um, cause I was a yoga teacher, um, for, for many years and I feel like the spiritual community and especially the yoga community is really unhealthy and really sick. There's a lot of issues there. And I feel it's because we want to be high vibe, you know, we want to be love, light, peace, and kumbaya to the point that any low vibration and law of attraction is kind of taught this too in, yeah. you know, if you haven't really dived really deep into the learning, like I love Abraham, Abraham Hicks, like, yeah. but there's a reason why she has so much information out there because it's a really, really deep well. And it, it go there's a layers, you know, so you have to really dive deep to really understand it. It's not something you just understand after you've read a book, right. you know, it's, it's complex stuff. Yeah. So I feel like what's happened is people want to manifest their reality. They want a good life. They want to be happy. They want friends, you know, they want to succeed. And so they want to be high vibe. And in order to be this Zen yoga, high vibe person, they don't want to be angry. They don't want to have grief. They don't want to have any of the low vibration because they're so afraid of attracting more low vibration. So then they push all that low vibe, you know, anger, sadness, grief, shame, jealousy, all of it into the shadow. And then, you know, what you resist persists. So if you keep pushing it into the shadow, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to erupt. Or you're going to be a hypocrite because you'll be like really zen and really peaceful and happy until maybe you have a road rage attack on the freeway and then you're like not so much a yogi anymore, right? And so there's a I also lot. Feel, yeah, I also feel that that can manifest as illness as well. Like if we suppress yeah. so much of that shadow work, then we get cancer, you know, we grow tumors in our body, things like that as well. It can turn yeah. out in like physical manifestation of something oh, yeah. probably definitely i definitely agree with that yeah like thyroid condition yeah. like not speaking your truth like i knew someone uh, um you know years ago that i thought she had committed suicide because she had a scar from here to here and one day i finally had enough courage to ask her what happened and 
you know, this is long before I started becoming a chakra uh, yoga teacher and teaching about the chakras. So, um, but I put it together later. I was like, oh my God, that was chakra related. It was her throat chakra, you know, but she said that she was working with a psychiatrist and learning how to speak her truth and speak up for herself. And because she had not been speaking up for herself and speaking her truth, she got a thyroid condition where she had to have surgery. And she was only like, I think 24 or 26. She was really young. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that that could affect you. And she said, yeah. And, And then I started to notice that she did have a really hard time speaking up for her needs. And so I would help her with that, you know, but later, yeah, my mom's the same. She's had her thyroid taken out as well. And just like, I didn't even connect the two and two, but what you were saying about how her lesson was needing to speak up for her needs and speak her truth. I'm like, that's what my mom needs to work on as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the mind, body, spirit connection. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're not, um, you know, like my shoulder, like I just went through frozen shoulder and um, I'm doing so much better now. I, I've got lots of movement back, you know, <laughs> online, you can read frozen shoulder takes one to five years to heal. I'm like, oh no, not me. I'm going to I'm getting this going. So yeah. I'm healing really fast, but I'm talking, you know, to my body and I'm listening to my body and what it has to say. And, you know, for me, it was not listening to my divine feminine and pushing through, you know, with the summit and creating a summit in three months where I should have given it nine months. And so I wasn't in harmony and in connection with my divine feminine. And so, you know, my body started to speak really loud. (laughs) It was like, hello, are you listening? So, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, if you don't deal with your shadow, if you don't listen to what it has to say, then absolutely it can start to take form of all sorts of ailments that are the body trying to get your attention. It's like, are you listening? Oh, okay. We're going to just speak louder then. (laughs) Do you feel that all health issues, this uh, question just bumped in my head right now. Do you feel like all health issues, including, you know, gut issues, um, eczema, anything on the skin, or as you said, frozen shoulder or whatever, thyroid issues, do you believe that's all connected to shadow work? Like it's all connected to something that's being suppressed and something that you're not working on internally. Um, I guess, I guess it could be emotional, but then again, there are some like clear physical things like, Hey, you're putting pesticides on your skin every day. <laughs> Maybe stop that. Um, but do you think a lot of that, those issues are related to not doing the shadow work? Yeah, I'm not a doctor, so I can't actually answer that. Um, And I think, again, it's a very complex and big question. Hmm. Um, But with my spiritual understanding, I think most likely, you know, like I get a sense. Yeah, I mean, if we're not dealing with our shadow, but also our generational wounds and patterns, um, then they are going to surface in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I can make, you know, a, a blanket statement about it because, you know, it is all so complex and I'm, I don't have 
Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't have that training. But I love to know uh, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, but my, my thought is, yeah, I mean, definitely the shadow work is so important. And, and not just the shadow work, but the, um, the generational wounds and patterns as well, like energetically that can imprint you where you have that generational wound or pattern from your mom that had from her mom that, you know, and it's like, but it's pushed into the shadow. So it's in your blind spot. So you're not even aware that you're playing it out. And so I think when, well, I know from my own experience, when I become more and more aware of my own generational patterns and wounds and shadow work, and I'm conscious about it, and I listen to it, like, I think there's so much, the other thing I wanted to say is there's so much um, shame that gets placed on emotions like anger, you know, again, the, the lower vibration. I mean, they have like the charts with this is low vibration and this is really low vibration. This is high vibration. So everybody wants to be in the high vibration. And so when the low vibrations come up, you know, they push it down, push it down. But yeah. the thing is, is our anger um, can be medicine. Like it can be the very thing that changes the world for the better. Can you imagine if we told Martin Luther King just get over it. Like, you know, be high vibe. Like, then he wouldn't have changed the world in the way that he did. But it was because of his anger and because of the injustices of the world that he took a stand and, and he was a mover and a shaker and a change agent. And so, you know, anger is a powerful, powerful medicine. And it, so it, it needs to be in balance, of course, because anger can change the world. It can also destroy worlds. So, you know, it needs to be, it's a potent energy that needs to be channeled. But, you know, instead of pushing it down, if we can, you know, what are you angry about? You know, speaking to that part, what's going on? You know, oh, you're upset about the injustices of the world. Well, what can we do to change that? And you, you know, channel that fire for, um, for amazing positivity, like that would change everything if we could, you know, start to channel and, you know, so what happens, and this is my own, you know, my own story of my own anger being pushed into the shadow and, you know, I'll never forget. This was like my wake up call. I was in Bali doing some training, yoga training and. I went to this yoga class and the yoga teacher had all these tattoos everywhere and piercings and and she just looked really angry and i was like oh she's intense but i'll take her class you know yeah. well in the middle of the yoga class she actually flipped everyone off and said this is a mudra and i was so upset after the class i was like what kind of yoga teacher flips the whole class off like <laughs> And I, you know, and I, I like kept processing it and processing it. And um, it took me a while, but I remember being so triggered by it. I was like, I will never be a yoga teacher like that. That's just horrible. It's wrong. Yoga teachers are supposed to be peaceful and kind and happy. And she just flipped us all off. Like, who does that? And I realized it, really tri it triggered my own shadow of, of pushing down, you know, like, my own anger and my own, um, you know, feelings that I didn't want 
I didn't really want to feel and and I really made peace with it. And then I started to bring in that mudra as part of my teaching in my in my chakra yoga class is like befriending our anger, befriending that rage, because that, you know, especially as women, you know, we've been really like culturally shamed to not express our anger Mm -hmm. and it gets, it gets pushed down and it turns into shame, you know? And so it's absolutely imperative to work with our shadow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's powerful work. Interesting. And in what ways can people start doing that? So for people who are listening, who are like, wow, shadow work seems, sounds really important. And it sounds like something that I haven't done a lot of, and I should (laughs) dive into a little bit more. Where do you recommend people start or like to get, to get a broad idea of like how people can incorporate shadow work in their own life? How can they begin to do that? Yeah. Um, so before I, before I answer that, I just want to say with me coming into my own anger and, and really befriending my own anger and my own rage, um, I was able to create the summit. Like I've been able to, you know, channel that energy because when you are, you know, pushing something down, you'll be tired. You won't have any energy you know, you're out of alignment with your authenticity, right? So when you start reclaiming those pieces, then all of a sudden you have this fire in your belly, you know, that ignites your soul and, and it it like wakes you up and then you have all this fire and energy and you want to make change and you have the energy to make change. It is associated with passion, you know? So when you've got that passion, I mean, you go to Italy, I felt right up home in Italy, like everyone's loud and full of passion and flair and rah, you know, it's great. And they're a very passionate culture. And so it's very deeply associated with passion and energy and creativity. I mean, that's why lots of artists are, you know, kind of like, you know, angry and full of energy, right? And so it's really important to, um, to, uh, come face to face with your shadow. So how do you do that? Well, the first step is being an observer of yourself, you know? Um, so if you are driving down the road and you go into road rage, (laughs) right. But you're normally a really peaceful person, (laughs) then you probably have some unresolved anger, (laughs) that, you know, is screaming to be looked at. Um, If you, you know, um, are normally really peace, love, happiness, and gentle and kind until someone triggers you, and then, you know, you turn into an angry, like, this other person, and people go, whoa, what was that? Well, then there's probably something to look at, right? So just the first step is awareness of, where you're at and where you're at during stressful times because that's when we really get challenged of where we're really at virtually um it's very easy to be peace love happiness when you're doing yoga or when you're sitting on a mountaintop and there's no issues but as soon as those issues and those challenges arise that's when you can really witness you know your own shadow so that's the first step 
is awareness. Yeah. Awareness, yeah, for, as you were saying, when times get challenging, but definitely um, including triggers as well, right? So like, yeah, like, as you say, like someone can walk into the room and I hear a lot of people talk like that too. They're like, oh my God, there's just like one girl or this one guy and they just like annoy me so much. Um, I remember my ex-partner actually told me that about like a guy who annoys him so much, like in the world, he's like the most annoying person. I was like, okay, cool. Is there any element in him that you can recognize in yourself? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I can. <laughs> you know, the shadow side of himself. And then he sees that in someone else and that triggers you. And then you kind of realize like, oh, maybe I'm really angry at this person because they reflect the sides of me that I don't want to own. And that can be good or bad. You know, that can also be something good. Like they're, they're owning their sensuality. They're really confident and I'm not. So they're triggering me. So I don't like them. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I've had that one projected at me quite a lot in my life yeah. where, you know, because I'm confident and kind of, I put myself out there and I've had people tell me, God, when I met you, I just hated you. I'm like, Oh, you hated me. Why? Oh God. You just, Oh, every time I just see you or hear you, I just, Oh, I just wanted to kill you. I just hated you. And I'm like, Oh my God, what did I do? And they're like, just because you're confident and you're out there and you're amazing and you're beautiful and, and I want that and I don't have it. And so I just hated you. And I was like, oh, and they're like, but now that I'm getting more confident and more at peace with myself, I really like you. I'm like, oh, wow. You don't want to kill me anymore. Yeah, great. We can be friends now, you know? I'm like, and I, yeah, it, it's intense. So yeah, definitely, definitely. If someone has something that you want, but you don't feel that you can have it for yourself, yeah. you know, that like envy and jealousy and all that shadowy stuff that, yeah. you know, comes from, from place. Yeah. I think meditation can help as well. Like, and that's another yeah. thing, like instead of waiting for a challenge, you know, life to send you a challenge or waiting for a person who <laughs> annoys you to death, like kind of just sitting with yourself in silence. Um, I know a lot of people have a hard time with that and they have a hard time with that because emotions come up that are suppressed and that they don't want to deal with. And that's why a lot of people don't like meditation because they'll meditate and they'll start fearing, feeling irritable or anxious or bored. And those are all emotions that they tend to suppress and run away from. So I think meditation is like another good one to realize what you are suppressing. And when people do realize then like when they're getting triggered or when they're going through a stressful time in their life or when they're meditating and those emotions come up, whether it's anger or jealousy or guilt or any one of those lower vibrations what's the next step they do from there what's the next step um let's see what did i do um awareness and then i i do a lot of uh self-talk and uh self-appreciation self-love um you know and and actually just acknowledging yeah. those parts and spending time with them and listening to what they have to say, you know, I think um, often we just want to push it away, you know, and go and do something else, like go watch TV or go and do yoga. I mean, even yoga can be a distraction, right? Um, because then it makes you feel better because you're moving all that energy, but you're not actually dealing with it. 
Yeah. Um, somebody recently told me that he's, you know, he's a healer too. And he says, oh, I meet so many yogis that are just so completely disconnected from their authenticity. And I started thinking about that and I was like, yeah, you're right. Cause then the yoga is a, a fast fix of feeling better, feeling good and pushing everything away when yeah. actually yoga, like the real yoga is to yoke is to get to the center of it. Like meditation It's actually, so you do start to feel and see all of that, yeah. but it can be used for the opposite. Yeah. Too. So you have to wa watch that, you know, be aware of that like cycle. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know I was in that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm a spiritual teacher as well that even meditation can be used as a, as a crutch to avoid negative emotions because the people who are um, good at meditation, who I would describe as more naturally, they have more of a kapha element in them, that earth element that they just it's a bit more natural to them and a bit more comfortable for them to like relax and not do anything and just sit. And sometimes that, that is them actually like they'll, they'll focus on something. I, I don't know, like it pulls them out of themselves if they're not doing meditation properly, but I've heard, yeah, meditation can also be a crutch on not doing shadow work. So it's super interesting. Not saying that I don't recommend anyone to do meditation, but well, that, that's why when you asked, I didn't say meditation straight away. I said right. observing you in real life, you know, because that's exactly right. Like um, I befriended a, a Buddhist monk when I was in Thailand. Yeah. Um, we went on a, a walkabout into the jungle with him for a week. Yeah. And he had dedicated his whole life to being a Buddhist monk. And yeah. I was in the kitchen helping him cook and he opened up to me and told me that um, he was going to give up this pathway because of that very reason. Like mm. he is the one that told me, I think he was a monk for like over 20 years, you know, and he said, it's much easier to sit on a hill and meditate and pray um, than it is to live in, you know, the real world and yeah. actually met with challenges and, yeah. you know, exactly, you know, and so it can be used as a crutch and a distraction as well, you know, feel, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like part of that is also because you, you plan to meditate, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. I'm going to like do it at a certain time. I'm going to play this music, but it's when life throws you things that are unexpected. That's usually when we get triggered or we react, right? It's when yeah. we, we have our meditation time. We have our yoga time. Yeah. We have our, our real life time and then they're like separate. Yeah. So that's the other piece is like integrating it, you know, so you know, cooking dinner can be a meditation, you know, uh, spending time with the kids in the forest can be a walking meditation, like yeah. going grocery shopping, like can be, a, you can be in a meditative state as you're grocery shopping. So it's like integrating all of that into your authentic life and then being aware. It's almost like you're in yourself but then you're also kind of outside yourself in observing yeah. yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's the most powerful way. And also working with someone, you know, um, I've had amazing results, like quantum jumps in my own healing by working with the coach, um, working with healers that see my blind spots that I don't see because blind spots are blind, right? You don't see them. So yeah. 
but someone else can and then you know they can work with you and you know working with someone you trust to those really important so that they don't um, reflect back more than you can actually handle yeah and you know I think that's really important too. shadow work is some of the most powerful and transformative work that I have ever done that shadow work and inner child healing have been like amazing for me that's why I'm trained in both now because they are so effective in getting right to the depth down deep into what's really going on yeah but I say that be really gentle for anyone that wants to do shadow work be really gentle mm -hmm. be really loving be really kind with your process and your journey and you know i love this is a quote from anadea judith but i love it so much and i always bring it up at some point or another because i just I, it's so relevant mm -hmm. you know the spiritual path and spiritual growth is like a baby tree that's just growing you know, and the baby tree, you know, if we were the baby trees, they want to be spiritual, they want to be evolved, they want to be happy, they want to manifest and create their life. And so, you know, but you can't say to a baby tree, come on, grow, grow, tree, grow, go to the sun, hurry, you know, like you can't rush that, like it's, that's not going to work. It's not going to just all of a sudden start growing towards the light. And all too often in our spiritual practices. And I think this is part of why the spiritual community is so sick and there's so much hypocrisy is that we're all trying to rush the transformational journey quicker than it can actually even, it like it, you can't make the baby tree grow faster than it grows. Like what you can do is find out what kind of tree it is. Is it a cactus or is it, an oak tree or is it a pine tree like what kind of tree are you what do you need like do you need a lot of sun or do you maybe don't need a lot of sun like do you need a lot of water or do you need maybe just the right amount of water like figuring out what you need for your container because that container you know is what is going to help the tree grow right yes. where it's planted and its environment and just getting everything the right amount of sleep the right amount of good food you know love affection support Connection. you know and then that is what grows the tree in its natural and then it thrives yeah and then it will grow faster and yeah. healthier right yeah. but and that um is a really good you know analogy for shadow work is you don't want to do too much too soon because it can have an adverse effect and then you're depressed, right? Or yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, you're getting triggered all the time or it just becomes just too overwhelming and then you get sucked more down in the, in the low vibe and you're only concentrating on the low vibe and why you're so low vibe. Yeah. You're lost in Shadowlands, you know, instead of doing the shadow dance, you're, you're trapped in Shadowlands and yeah. you're depressed and you're, there's no hope and it's all just horrible. And yeah, I mean, I definitely see, seen people get lost there, lost mm -hmm. in the Shadowlands and, yeah. you know, yeah. And then they get on antidepressants and, you know, it's just a downward spiral and then they, and then they bring everyone else down too. Yeah. So it's really like, I just want to 
put the importance on how important it is to do the amount that is right for you. Like maybe it's like a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit, you know, and only you know that, right? I remember when I was, I read this book called Witch. It's got a black cover. I love that book so much. But I started reading it, uh, it was about maybe five years ago when it first came out. I started reading it. Oh my God, I started to get so angry. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was raging. My husband was like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Why are you so angry? I was like, do you know the injustices women have gone through and how, you know, and all like, I got all like so upset because I used to say, I'm a goddess, I'm not a witch, you know, and I had this whole, I demonized, you know, witches, right? And, and then when reading this book, I realized that's what yeah. patriarchy done is to demonize women and, and medicine women and medicine men yeah. And that actually the, the witches, which means wise one. And so, yeah. you know, learning and being educated about the Christian crusades and like everything that's happened. Like I just, I got so angry that I actually had to put the book down. I had to put the book down and I said, you know what? I'll get back to you when I'm ready to face all of that. Yeah. But I actually cannot, I can't cope with this right now and neither can my family. <laughs> and so I put it down and you know I came back to it while I've been in Sweden this is last year yeah and this time I still got angry but I created the summit like I created awaken the goddess within summit yeah. and I was able to channel you know that fire and that passion and that anger but you know it took it took many years for me to discern when I was ready to truly, you know, um, kind of absorb and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you know what I mean? Like really fortify myself in and, and not marinate in that energy. And I think people can tend to get stuck yeah. in that energy and marinate in it mm -hmm. and then it becomes them yeah. and, and you know and then they don't do anything with it yeah so i would say you know be really discerning and know thyself know your limits know you know put boundaries around how much shadow work you do and don't try to rush it like come back to that tree and and really give yourself the patience and the love and the compassion and the kindness because it's really big work yeah it is two things um i would add as well for people who are wanting to do their shadow work as we were saying like if you're going through a challenge in life or you're meditating or you meet people in your life who trigger you to as you said have self-awareness first of all that's the first step to acknowledge you're feeling that way and to actually feel that emotion not suppress it and then i would say asking why is so powerful and sometimes we need to ask ourselves why a lot of times because the first time we may not have an answer the second time we may think we know why but it's not actually why right like oh my partner cheated on me why did it hurt me oh because 
you know, they broke a promise, but, but really the real answer is because they feel abandoned or they feel like they're no longer worthy, you know, so really getting into to the root reason of, of why they're feeling that emotion. And then second to that as well, as you were saying how people marinate in their negative emotions, the next step would be to remember to move that emotion, like go through it like a wave. You don't have to feel it all at once because it can be very intense. So like do the yoga afterwards to move that emotion, do the meditation afterwards, go for a run in the forest, go for a walk in nature, call up some friends or whatever, you know, and you have to actually not soak, as you said, like marinate in that negative emotion because sometimes it can take over you. And that's not the point of shadow work. It's it's to go through it and ask why and feel it, but then learn how to move it as well. Because I've had that too sometimes where I've been like, okay, I'm going to let this emotion wash over me. Like I'm really upset right now. And it's it's almost like a like a volcano that's erupt, <laughs> right? Like all the time, like, no, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not going to get me down. Like I'll stay high vibe and then it erupts. And then I'll be like, I don't cry often, but sometimes when I do like, whoa, it just, <gasps> all the little reasons why I like could have cried and I didn't just bottle up. And it's like this huge show, but then learning as well to be like, okay, how can I get out of this? And not to use alcohol, not to use drugs, not to use, as you said, medication, any pharmaceuticals or whatever to get yourself out of that emotion. Learn how to do it in a healthy way without any substances so that you can move forward. And when you do learn to do that process, it sounds a bit scary, but when you do learn to do that, you gain so much confidence, right? And like so much strength and so much power and you naturally just get this high afterwards too. Once you've released something that you've been suppressing for a while and you learn to like shift out of that emotion and get back on your, you know, high vibe frequency or whatever, you do feel like so much more like cleansed and stronger afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to add, I love what you just said. And I just want to add to that. Um, I used to be the girl that was, I didn't take any painkillers when I had a headache. I just believed in, you know, being el natural and till I have this frozen shoulder. And then it was so painful that I actually had to be on painkillers. Yeah. But I used them um, as a as a tool to help through that. Like I didn't get dependent on them, but I did need them. And I do think that sometimes people with like clinical depression and you know that they can also be on medication through the process of their healing journey um so ultimately you know now i'm not on anything um and so you know I'm, i've got off of them now and i'm just doing the movement the exercises the massage uh my ch chiropractor has been a huge help yeah. And I'm getting exercise and doing all the things that I'm supposed to do. And then I limit myself on the computer too. Like, yeah. you know, made life changes around that. However, the, the pain medication was really important. And I actually needed it to function in order to do the healing work. So like I would take the pain medication before I'd go and have my deep tissue rolfing that I would cry for an hour through because it was so painful, right? I actually really needed to have, you know, the, the pain medication that the doctor gave me in order to do the healing work, right? <laughs> like, 
So I'm not against that anymore. Um, uh, and I, you know, I would have never known that I would say this in my twenties. <laughs> it's taken me until almost 50 to go, oh, there is sometimes a reason for that. And I think it can be the same with people that do have clinical depression that they do need that, but if they can use it as an in, you know, for a little while and then yeah. eventually get off of it, you know, as a tool to move them through like scaffolding, you know, um, then I think that's ideal. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I think it's important to, Because there's you know, definitely someone or some people listening right now to this episode who need to hear that. <laughs> that's why you said it. Um, and I, I do agree as well. And I, I did the whole pendulum swing as well, where, you know, I was, I was young and I, you know, did all the drugs and the alcohol and I was like, whoa, it's so cool. And then I went out of it and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be any around, around anyone who ever does drugs or ever does alcohol, blah, 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 you know? And then I kind of like found my middle ground now and I'm like, Hey, there's a time and a place like ayahuasca as well. Like if, if that is your calling, like that is like the most intense shadow work that I've ever heard of. Like if you feel called to do that, then, then honey, go for it. Right. But it's, it's about when I mentioned like not to go for the, the drug or the alcohol or the pharmaceuticals, it's kind of like not to be dependent of that. Like don't consistently do that. Yeah. And like tr try, try one thing one day and try something else the other day. But just, yeah, as you said, using it as a tool, like for a process or a phase, but not to ever become dependent on something like that. And it's like that with everything, you know, yeah. not just drugs and alcohol, but like yoga, you know, meditation, right? Like what we were talking about earlier, food, like food is one of the most powerful medicines that we need to grow and thrive and survive, right? Food's incredible and mm -hmm. very powerful, potent medicine. But it can also be a poison, right? If yeah. we eat too much of it, so, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's like that with everything, you know? Um, so it's just about bringing it into a balance. You know, um, I know some people that, you know, marijuana is an amazing medicine for them, incredible. I know other people where it's definitely a drug and they're, you know, uh, abusing it and it's out of alignment. So it, it's... And it's, it, again, it's going back to that tree, you know, we're all unique snowflakes and we all need different things. And we're all here on planet earth to learn what we've come here to learn. And we all, each and every one of us have a soul path purpose and it's figuring out what that is. And, you know, I'll never forget, you know, because my sister and I went in diver divergent paths and you know, and I've always tried to save her. Like I was the big sister that was trying to save my little sister. And, and it, and it made me sick because you can't save another human being. You know, you can, they say you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't force them to drink. Well, I force fed, like I force fed her to drink the water. You know, I tried so hard and it just, nothing ever worked. Yeah. And I had a spiritual teacher tell me, she said, Shemette, is it any of your business what her spiritual path is? Did it ever occur to you that maybe this is exactly what she's come here to learn and that on her path, she's helping people that you never would have even spoken to. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. I was just crying. I was like, oh my God, wow. What? It's none of my business what her spiritual path is. Yeah. If she's come here to learn what she's come here to learn through her pathway, no matter what that looks like to me, it's her life. 
right? Yeah. And and that spiritual teacher was quite right. The people that she relates to, talks to, connects with are not in in my even in my realm. And so you know, maybe her soul came here to touch and change or, you know, break through to people that I never would have even been able to break through to. And that was very humbling. Mm -hmm. And this is a big, you know, piece of the shadow work too, is understanding that each and every one of us have a different pathway and different shadow work to do. And some of us might have come here to be in our own shadow for whatever reason or whatever that looks like. It's really none of our business, right? <laughs> we, we can help the people that want to be helped, but otherwise we're just bullying another person, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 It is hard when they're family. I do understand. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Believe yeah. me, it's a huge learning for me. Yeah. In, in letting go and surrendering to like the bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like you had another question about shadow. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, there is. Um, the fear of doing shadow work and getting lost in the shadows yeah and bringing other people down so you know that is definitely i know something that i grappled with and you know being a mother of two children you know and, and having you know a dog and a husband and like family and doing my shadow work and not wanting it to negatively impact them yeah or you know because i live with them they're my children right you know and they see me every day and um so it's it's been an interesting um kind of balancing act but what i have found is that by owning my own shadow and working with my own shadow it actually in a way gives permission to my children to accept their own shadow and their own, you know, and so it's actually been really good for them, but I am very discerning to make sure they don't see all of it. Like, you know, I'll do like the main shadow work when they're at school or, you know, in my own space and so they don't, you know, so it doesn't scare them, right? If, if I'm really upset and I'm crying, like I don't want them to be worried. Um, however, I'm just really honest and authentic with yeah. with my family. And I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm moving through some of my shadow work. You know, we just talk about it. It's like normal in our house. And, and you know, mommy's okay. And I love you boys, it has nothing to do with you. I'm just yeah. processing something. And, you know, it's actually given them the emotional intelligence um, to talk about what they're going through, you know, and accept like when they get angry at somebody at school and then, you know, like it normalizes, um, you know, being a human, (laughs) like they don't feel like they have to be perfect. And so I think it's actually really healthy, but you do want to 
it's going to be different for every single person. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, obviously, if you are getting ready to go on a family holiday to Hawaii or wherever, yeah. you know, maybe you don't want to dive deep into a bunch of shadow work before you go. Like, you know, plan, yeah. you know, be emotionally intelligent about doing your shadow work. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, and it's not in, in authentic, like if it comes up, and you yeah. got a trigger and you're exactly. really, really angry, you don't have to react right at that point. You can actually say, okay, I'm gonna put this in this box with a little, you know, bow. Mm -hmm. I'm put it right here and I'm gonna deal with you, you know, in two days time. <laughs> and, then, and then you go and then you make sure you deal with it because you don't want a Pandora's box on your hands, right? You don't want like that to erupt later. So you do have to make sure you get to it, but mm -hmm. it's like organizing and planning and, and yeah. being intelligent about, about diving deep into that, into, into your shadow. Yeah. So I wanted to touch upon that because really, I think it's yeah. important. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have jobs, we have families, we have lives, we have responsibilities, you know, we can't just, you know, unless you're young and you don't have any responsibilities and you can just go there, you yeah. know, that's different. <laughs> I was thinking too, I was like, well, I don't, I, I have partners, but I don't live with them. And then I was like, but my dog, he's like the only one, if I like cry in front of my dog, he's like, gets a real anxious and wants to like lick my face. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Chi Chi. <laughs> like, I just need to feel this emotion right now. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, the sooner that we deal with it, the better, better. you know, as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, as soon as that comes up, mm -hmm. but you know, Oh, okay. There's one more thing. Sometimes you might feel, you know, if someone triggers you and then you want to clear the air, you know, mm -hmm. and I am a firm believer in clearing the air as much as possible. I like clean, clear, crystal <laughs> clear, like, you know, and so if I get triggered or upset by another human being, I like to nip that in the bud and talk about it. But you also want to really honor where you're at and where the other person's at because the other person might not be ready to go there. Yeah. And so that you can really overstep boundaries and maybe you've cleared the air for you, but then you've just dumped a pile of doo-doo on yeah. them, but, you know, and then that's not very nice. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it is respecting your mm -hmm. own boundaries as well as other people's boundaries. Yeah. And the other piece I want to say to that is, you know, and I've got a particular situation right now where I want to clear the air with someone, but I'm just not quite ready yet, mm -hmm. you know, and this is, you know, Vishuddha doing your uh, throat chakra clearing and purifying, you know, you don't want to speak too soon until you've really processed it yeah. with, with your own being, your heart, and you brought that energy up from your, your belly, your fire into your heart center. And once you're in an alignment of that love and that compassion, then it can come through in a more powerful way that the other person really hears it. Yeah. You know, because if you're really angry and, or upset or, you know, they're, they're probably not gonna um, absorb it. But if you can come from a place of love, you know, so it is taking the time to really sit sometimes with something and timing is so important. Yeah. But like you said, really acknowledging like your part in it too. It's like, what is my trigger? Mm -hmm. Is that person, and I found this has happened to me where I get really triggered by somebody else 
and I realized it has nothing to do yeah. with that person at all. That person reminds me of my stepdad or, mm -hmm. you know, my aunt or another thing that happened to me. And mm -hmm. so it would not be right for me to go and tell that person, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they'd be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> so, I really you know, like that point that you made as well. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's happened. Like I've been on the other end of that too, where someone yeah. will just vomit their emotions and things on me. And I'm like, mm, this is more of a you problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, people often project um, what they don't want to see about themselves. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they'll project it onto someone else because it's much easier to do that. And, you know, I've had a lot of people project onto me and 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 then I realized that I also did that. And it was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, so really important, like you said, to do meditation um, and anything that you can do to have more self-realization and more self-awareness. Yeah. And, um, but in saying that, Okay, this is the last thing I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could just talk for hours, but <laughs> the last thing I'll say is, you know, one of my clients uh, was meditating and every time that he would meditate, this anger and this fire would come up and he'd feel quite blocked. And, you know, I actually ended up saying to him, I don't think meditation is the right thing for you right now. And so... I love meditation. I meditate every day, like meditation and yoga. I love, like, mm -hmm. I think it's so profound and so amazing. However, if someone's got some unresolved emotion that needs to like be channeled, yeah. if they sit and meditate, then they're sitting, you know, imagine you're sitting with this fire. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's can be too much. Yeah. So, what I advise is when you have a lot of fire, a lot of angst, like meditation is probably not the right thing during that time. So I actually recommended like, you know, getting it out, going into the forest and where, when no one's there and, and yelling, yelling. Um, um, or like scuba diving, going into the water and, and yelling underwater if, if you don't want anyone to hear you or you know, doing martial arts or boxing, you know, where you're, you know, yeah. getting that energy out and channeling mm. it, jumping, like getting on a trampoline, jumping, throwing a tantrum on the trampoline. Like, you know, I've taken clients out and just had them yell and scream, like who yeah. they want to yell at just into the forest, like yeah. yell, scream, get it out. You can do write and burns, write it all down, burn it, write everything you ever wanted to say to that person that you know, you can't say it to and just write it and then burn it and like get, start channeling that energy. And then when you start to feel calmer, you start to feel more peaceful, then you can do your meditation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. Like, um, yeah, I learned from one of my yoga teachers too. Like one one day yoga class, she just like cranked up the music to a song and she's just like, okay, like when the chorus hits, I'm going to count to three and we're all going to scream to the top of our lungs. And then she was teaching us about how like that that's another form of meditation or, or just releasing emotion and stuck energy. It's just another way to do it. Because sometimes, yeah, sitting on the ground in peace with like little 
harmony music isn't really going to cut it for certain emotions that need to come up. So we need to learn how to express different emotions. There's actually a yoga practice in New York. I don't know what it's called, but they play heavy duty rock music <laughs> and do their yoga. And I was like, wow, that's so New York, you know, because yeah. there is so much angst and, yeah. you know, some really sat in judgment of that. And they're like, oh, that's so wrong. That is so not what yoga is about. And I was like, but it's helping people. Like if people have a lot of angst and they have a lot of energy, I know it took me a long time to meditate because I had to do movement meditation. I had to do dance and I had to do martial arts and stuff because I did because of my childhood. And, you know, I had a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, resentment and shame and, you know, lots of unresolved emotions inside of me that I couldn't just sit and meditate. I had to do some sort of movement. And once I did my movement practice, then I could do my meditation, yeah. you know, and so it's working with where you're at and yoga is not about judgment, right? It is about where you are and what's helping you and, and about unity consciousness is about, you know, and this is the other thing is like, people will say, oh, you're in your ego, like ego means self. So here's an, another thing that, you know, the yoga community and the spiritual community has done is shame the ego, you know, and the ego is a very important part of our learning and our growth um, to become who we are, to move up into the heart chakra. You have to go through the solar plexus. You have to find out who you are. And, and you know, a lot of us um, are stunted in that growth department because we didn't have the scaffolding we didn't have the teaching you know and so when my little kids are like me 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 and i i i am i gonna say oh you're just in your in your ego you know you're just not very spiritually evolved no they're learning they're learning who they are in the world you know and some adults haven't actually gone through that de developmental stage yet until much later yeah. and so i say go into your ego as much as you can figure out who you are let it be me 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 all about you until you realize okay now i know who i am now i can think about other people yeah. and um, be you know my chalice is filled up and my cup's full and now i can you know bring this energy to the world but if you don't give that to yourself mm -hmm. you have nothing to give right so you know yoga and being a spiritual being is about um sitting in an unconditional loving and compassionate and kind place as much as you can of course um as people move through those different processes that they yeah. need to learn to yeah. grow right so yeah yeah and sometimes we can't only focus on ourselves until we understand ourselves because sometimes that can take decades so it's learning to to set aside time you know it can you can rotate through through days or whatever or even in one day you know take some time to learn about you and focus on you and then other people as well it doesn't have to be like yeah. one huge chunk of your life and then the other but yeah, that's true yeah, yeah. It's the spiral dance yeah absolutely so giving yourself permission to do your self-work your self-love is really important for the development of of getting up into the heart chakra and getting up into the um, becoming an evolved spiritual human being. You know, it's about loving each and every part, you know, and mm -hmm. another Anadea 
uh, thing that I learned uh, from Amadea Judith is, you know, it doesn't matter how nice the rooms are upstairs. If the foundation of the house is not good, the whole house falls down. So, um, so often we want to open up our third eye and become intuitive and become psychic. But if your, your root chakra, your foundations, um, are not good it doesn't matter how psychic or intuitive you are you know you've got to balance it all like all the chakras are important yeah and it's not one is more important than another because they all work together just like the foundation of a house holds up the whole house like you know exactly. i love that one yeah so the shadow work really is like working with the foundation yeah it really is yeah i love it so important so how can people find you in online if they want to get in touch with you or check out your work? Yep, I have two websites. Um, one is shamethorsefield.com. And that one's more for like my coaching practice. And then I have another website called awakenthepriestesswithin.com. And that is more to do with my nine month priestess training and the spiritual work that I do. So I'm a clairvoyant. Um, I call myself an oracle, so mm -hmm. I do chakra healing um, and also uh, transformational belief coaching um, and, uh, yeah, my nine-month priestess training. So I work one, do one-on-ones, and then I have a couple different um, trainings about uh, consciously creating your most abundant life, which is working with uh, healing the generational wounds uh, limiting self-beliefs and basically rewriting, you know, repatterning and rewriting the story of your life, which is first addressing the shadow and working through that and then uh, learning how to create, you know, your most abundant life. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing is like um, a lot of affirmations, you know, positive affirmations can be put on top of um, what am I trying to say? So if you say, I think I'm beautiful, I think I'm beautiful, I think I'm beautiful, and you keep saying that over and over again, but you actually haven't done the work underneath in the shadows, then it's basically just something that's on top, right? Because you haven't gone into the root. Yeah. So work with me, <laughs> we go into the roots of mm -hmm. getting down into the depths of what's underneath you know, if you're a gardener, you know, when you garden and you're, you're pulling out the weeds, you know, you've got to pull them out by the root or they just grow back. And a lot of weeds will try to grow back regardless. And so then you have to plant what you want there instead yeah. of the weed. But you always have to keep weeding the garden because they will always grow back. So, you know, working with me on the one-on-ones, that's what we do is we start to figure out what the weeds are, where did they come from, and start to, to pull them out and replace them with what you do want growing in the garden of your mind, your soul, your spirit. So yeah, you can reach me online. I do all my work online these days because I'm in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my clients are all over the world now, which is really exciting. I love it. And um, you can contact me, private message me. I've got a 45 minute uh, free um, 
connection call that you can, you know, kind of feel into and ask me questions and see if I'm the right person to work with. I believe it's all about alignment. So if we're aligned to work together, um, you know, you're my sole client, then I would love to meet you and work with you. Yeah. And um, I also have a free um, workshop coming up next week. And that's tools for the priestess. Um, and that's a really fun workshop and it's free and it's the last one I'm going to do before my priestess training starts because it starts on May 9th, yeah. uh, Mother's Day. So, nice. yeah, yeah. So, um, you can find that on my website and you just yeah. register and when you register, you get sent the free Zoom link, um, to attend. Perfect. Yeah. I'll put all those, um, websites and links in the show notes as well for people to find. Oh, thank you. That was fun. I loved it. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I find your story so inspirational. Um, you have a crazy childhood and I just love how different you are today. Like you're so bubbly and like positive. And I know so many people who'd meet you like right now would be like, oh, she had like an easy life and she must be really close with her mom and dad and it must like really support her and like things like that. Like that's what people would assume of who you are now. So I love that you've, you've really taken ownership and responsibility of like you, hon, you know, it, yeah, yeah. I actually was told in my early 20s, um, actually, no, I was 19. I was told that with a, with a, you know, childhood like mine, they would have never thought that I would have succeeded. And, um, and I, I mean, I don't think the lady was very nice about how she said it. You know, she said, someone like you would be just really emotionally damaged and, you know, damaged goods kind of thing. And I was, I, and I, I was 19. And so I was like, oh my God, is there hope for me? You know? yeah. But I was like, no, I am going to, you know, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to um, meet this challenge and I am going to prevail, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I want to say that to anyone that's listening, if, you know, you feel like you're damaged goods, if you feel like, you know, going to get emotional, you feel like you're broken, mm -hmm. you feel like you just can't move past, um, and I, I am proof of that. Like, I shouldn't have succeeded the way that I have, but I chose to and I decided I made a firm decision. I was like, no, I am going to succeed. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to work. And I did. I did work really hard. Like I did get lots of therapy. I saw lots of healers. I trained to be one. I'm like, you know, steadfast and dedicated. But if you want to heal and you want to transform, you can. Mm -hmm. and get the support you need. Like I, I reached out for support and it's so important to have support. Um, but you know, that's my, my slogan is transform your wounds into wisdom and your wisdom into your superpowers. Cause I do believe that the people that have had the most challenging childhoods mm -hmm. end mm -hmm. up with the most powerful superpowers. And, um, you know, I know so many really like highly successful people that you hear their story and you're like, oh my God, really that happened to you? Yeah. Cause it gives you a resilience, you know, you, you, you become a warrior, you know? And so don't think for one moment that you're broken. Yeah. Oh no, you're not. 
-hmm. I'm really like, if you feel you're broken, you are not, you can always be fixed. Yeah. And actually, yeah, that gives you character, your flaws, your imperfection. Like the myth of perfection is a myth. Mm -hmm. There is no perfection. Okay. The perfection is in the alignment, you know, the pearl in the oyster shell. It's the grit that makes the pearl, the yeah. diamond. It's yeah. all the pressure, all the pressure of all, you know, um, the, it, the diamond was coal. And then under all the pressure, it turns into the diamond. And so, you know, if you've got a lot of wounds, you can transform them and you can have superpowers. I am living proof of that. So <laughs> I love yeah. it. Thank you so much. You're welcome.